Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to continue our discussion on where we are observing the creation of the material universe and its etheric counterpart as seen in the cosmic consciousness, the so-called Akashic Records. In this episode, we will travel back across time and space to witness the creation of the three-dimensional universe, our planet Earth, and its corresponding etheric world. We will witness the development of Earth in detail across vast eons of time and disclose the nature of etheric energy and its vast field of potentiality the scientists are now calling zero-point energy. Now, all of creation is started by a divine vibration and is continued by a divine vibration called the pulse of life. This enlivens and maintains all forms of life. In the vegetable kingdom, it starts from the sap rising and the sap falling. It's all driven by this pulse of life, which comes from the Holy Spirit. And that is why we want to adjust our breathing to the rhythm of the pulse of life. Pulse causes our heart to beat. If it was up to us to make our own heart beat, we would all be dead a long time ago because we'd forget to do it. The Holy Spirit is taking care of us and has been taking care of us since we were a fetus in the womb of our mother. And it's the same thing with the physical body. It, too, has a radiant pulse of life. We're going to speak about where we are in this thing called reality. So let's start with the material plane. And by that, I mean the world of the three dimensions, because that's a common part. We can all agree we're in the third dimension right now, can't we? We will describe this reality from bottom up. So we are starting with the material world. And by material world, I mean Earth, the planets, the moons, the suns, the solar systems, all the solar systems, and all the galaxies, and all the entire universe. That's what we call the material world. It's one plane in the third dimension. What I'm going to do is to try to use science, religion, and mysticism to paint a picture of how all this manifested in the third dimension. Mysticism, science, and religion all have their own way of describing how it all is. And it's very, very interesting. Each of them describes reality just about as well as the other one does. And they each give their followers the exact same thing, and that is certainty. Except science certainty changes about every year, so it's evolving. But both science, religion, and mysticism gives the people who follow them a perspective on reality. And they feel like, okay, I'm here in this locality. I get where I am. And this gives them a sense of certainty in time and space. Now, the difference with mysticism, it's not a theory like provided by scientists. It's not limited to the research in the third dimension like scientists do. To study this thing called reality mystically, you have to be able to experience the higher dimensions and go beyond just the third dimension, which is the lowest dimension in terms of vibration. Ultimately, the most reliable source of information on all this is the cosmic consciousness, the so-called Akashic Records. And what is this? 
You heard the word the etheric already, and you probably know that everything existing has its etheric counterpart. You can call it God's mind at its highest level, and at the lowest level, it's the etheric double of our planet and our material body. Now, one of the qualities of this mind is that it imprints and records everything. So everything that's happened on the planet, in the solar system, anywhere throughout the galaxies, is imprinted in this Akashic records, this cosmic memory. It is so detailed. If you were able to go back in time a thousand years and see a conversation between two people and one of them got bit by a mosquito, you would see every detail of the mosquito. It's a very, very exact thing. And for the mystic who can do this, they can enter into the cosmic consciousness, control it, roll back time, and see how the earth began, or anything, how any galaxy began, if they can reach that far. Now, mystics like Blavatsky talked about it, what she saw. Steiner spoke about it. Casey spoke about it. And they all give different dates for these unfolding events in the universe, the creation of the planet, events in past times on the planet. But how can that be if they're seeing a true permanent record of what took place? How can they give different dates? Well, when you're able to read the cosmic consciousness, it takes a great deal of steady concentration to rewind, as it were, these cosmic recordings. And when you do manage to roll back time, you start to seeing real past events. However, there is no calendar flipping pages over like in the movies. So there's no date when you witness these past events. The mystic viewing all this must infer the past time in history based on things he's seen and what he knows. That's why we have different dates given for the same events. So we're going to look at the creation of the material universe as seen by a mystic in the cosmic consciousness. And another thing about this consciousness, the records there is it's not like watching the records unfold two-dimensionally on a screen like a TV. When you reach there, you are in the recording of the event itself. I don't know really how to put this in words, but from my experience, it's almost like when you play a DVD player and you watch a movie. You can hit the pause or you can go fast forward or rewind. So it's like you become the movie and the DVD player both. And through deep concentration and real willpower, you can concentrate on a scene and see people. And you can see them doing things you've never seen happen before. But if you see things you've already know or have seen before, it's most likely an elemental images already in your subconsciousness and not the real cosmic consciousness. But touching the cosmic consciousness, what you see is all new to you. It's like a watching a movie you've never seen before. And if they're talking to each other, do you know what they're saying? Well, if this event is in your country and time period where people are speaking English, yes, you'll be able to understand them. But if you go back in time and they're speaking some ancient language, you cannot really understand what they're saying unless you spoke that language and remember it. But if you really penetrate into the noetical meaning behind the thought form they are creating with their speech, then yes, you can understand them. The cosmic consciousness is just the most perfect, accurate record 
of anything that has ever happened or existed. But how did it all start? Let's begin with religion's view, which states, let there be light. That's their way of explaining the beginning of everything. What does science say? The current most accepted cosmological view is that all matter in the universe compressed together into this very, very tiny hot space with unimaginable heat and unimaginable pressure to the point at which it exploded in the so-called hot Big Bang as a burst of firelight that eventually condenses into the matter comprising the entire three-dimensional universe. Both religion and science are speaking about the same thing. Don't you think religions let there be light could be a metaphor for what science is calling the hot Big Bang? What does mysticism say about the creation of the universe? We are talking about the material third-dimensional universe and its etheric counterpart. Both matter and its etheric counterpart is part of the third dimension. What mystics see is swirling mass of fire that comes from a higher dimension, precipitates out into the third dimension as it spins and swirls. Now, it's fire and it's spinning, which means it's under the control of the archangel Mahael, the archangel of fire. And the spinning effect is coming from the archangel Raphael. It's a huge, enormous, fiery spear spinning in space. And as it spins, it throws off other fiery balls that are spinning too. And these go off and become the central suns of the galaxy. Likewise, these central suns are also throwing off other rotating fiery balls. And these become the suns with our material body. But the etheric energy is in everything existing. Now, the scientists are saying the universe is 14.8 billion years old, and the Earth is 4.55 billion years old. I have the piece of the oldest matter available on Earth. It's 4.55 billion years old. It was left over from the creation of the Earth. Now let's contemplate this. Just for a moment, consider this 4.5 billion year old matter. It's made of atoms that have nucleus and orbiting electrons. And for 4.55 billion years, the electrons of that material has faithfully been moving around the nucleus, never deviating, never weakening, just continuous movement for over 4 billion years. Now, can you imagine anything that's moving like that that doesn't have an energy supply? Of course not. That energy is the etheric vitality at a certain range of frequency. But, of course, if you could research back in time, you would see this etheric energy has always existed since the creation of the third dimension and will be a component of the third dimension always. As an expression, they say that matter in the universe is 14.8. 8 billion years old. It doesn't really matter what age it is. It's just a number at this point because it's unfathomable. They also say there's no such thing as perpetual motion. Ultimately, that may be true, but the electron moving around the nucleus of atoms of the oldest material in the universe for 14.8 billion years, that seems kind of perpetual to me.
This has been a short sample of a Researchers of Truth lesson. To hear the full lesson, please go to the Researchers of Truth Patreon.com channel. I hope you can join us for this next episode.